Welcome, ghouls and ghosts. You, you hit the thing. I know. I, I, <laughs> none of this is audible because I've been adjusting this. Hello and welcome to I Hate Your Movie. This is a movie podcast where me and my friend Rick... Hello. We inflict movies on each other. And this week I inflicted the highest pain onto Rick. There's a movie called Fateful Findings. And if you haven't heard of it, good for you. (laughs) It is a very indie movie. A very Z-list movie. Similar in the vein of Samurai Cop, if you listen to that episode. Super low budget. Like, if you think lower budget, think lower. Yeah, it's a movie called Fateful Findings, starring, edited by, directed by... Catered by. Catered by. Boom mic was held by a few places. Neil Breen, he's a, he's a, he's a genius of uh, filmmaking. <laughs> Rick closes his eyes, doesn't want reality to hit him. So obviously this is like a funny bad movie. I made you watch it because it's a funny bad movie. Also, I was thinking like Samurai Cop. Everyone enjoys Samurai Cop. We can make a toddler watch Samurai Cop and they'll enjoy it. But this is more of an elevated bad movie. It's like you need to train up for it, you know. And I feel like maybe we jumped too much ahead. We'll see. But that was my idea. I made you watch Samurai Cop. I made you watch Chopping Mall. So next is stupid one with the hedgehog. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Andy the Talking Hedgehog, our favorite. So you know, even even off podcast we were training for this movie so rick what did you think of fateful findings well it's interesting in the intro to this you you said ah you do it with your friend rick because it's up for debate (laughs) (laughs) um no i mean obviously it's funny and we had a laugh watching it but oh god it sucked oh my god did it suck is that your one-sentence review Uh, no my one-sentence review is this film what you'd get if you took samurai cup and took out all of the action. Okay. Yeah. More modern cameras. Not as modern as they should be in 2013, <laughs> but still. <laughs> oh my god. So, one more curious about Daniel One Sentence Review is without looking, without cheating. Okay. Do without you... looking at my notes. Yeah. Try yeah. try not to. Um, okay. Because uh, this is what I'm most curious about. Can you give a plot summary? Of what happens in this movie. Because I think not a lot of people have seen this movie. You kind of need to explain it. And at the same time, I think how you explain it will say a lot about you. And how you, how, how we, how we... How philosophical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm curious because the other difference between this and Samurai Cop is Samurai Cop is very simple. Like, you see what's happening is there. But this one has a lot of, like, David Lynchian weirdness in it. Well, yeah, attempts, attempts. I was about to say, uh, like, I'm all for insulting David Lynch, but this is this is too far. Bullshit. That's how I feel. Total fucking bullshit. No, I'm not. I'm not. I just don't know how else to describe it. You know, it's attempts at surrealism. It's nonsense. Yeah. Well, can can you give me a plot summary? No, because it just it goes on forever. And there's so many different plots that don't make any sense or go anywhere or they start in the middle of what should be each plot story and ends <laughs> suddenly and without warning. Okay. Uh, go on. 
Oh my god! You, you can do. Do you want to try and do all of the plots? Yeah, but like in a few sentences. That's not possible. <laughs> try. God. Okay. Right. So, this film is about a guy who falls in love as a child, and the his love moves away. Later on in his life, he gets run over by a car, and starts getting headaches, and goes to the hospital. The doctor is his long lost love. But he can't do anything because he's married and unconscious. At the same time, he has a friend who is not a very good husband. And they are having marital problems. He is also having marital problems because he's struggling to write a book. He's failing to write a book and because he, he keeps getting these headaches. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, he's not writing a book, he's actually a government hacker. <laughs> yeah. he actually hacks into governments and he's trying to expose corruption at the same time he then gets with his doctor slash childhood love his wife kills herself he doesn't give a shit the angry misogynistic husband gets shot in the head by the wife so the friend gets shot all of this is happening the daughter doesn't really care because they've got a daughter which never really comes up or goes anywhere except for the fact that she inexplicably wants to fuck neil breen <laughs> yeah just google neil breen and uh <laughs> you know you know what we mean and then the government gets on to neil breen kidnaps the childhood love he turns out he has special powers that he can walk through doors saves her and exposes the government. I think that was very good. Very yeah. good. Very good effort. Yeah. Thank you. Did I miss anything? You missed that the childhood friend ages slower. So <laughs> <laughs> 20 times slower. I've looked it up. It's in the fun facts. I can give you the exact age difference between the two. Go and have a guess what the age difference is. So, like I said a second ago, I don't know how much of what I just said is going stayed in. All of it. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> But there's like a flashback scene at the start and there's a girl kid, boy kid, and they're about a year or two age difference. Yeah. And then they meet again as adults and they're supposed to be the same age. Mm -hmm. And they're very clearly not. <laughs> Neil Breen is this old man. Yeah. And guess how much younger Jennifer Autry is than Neil Breen? I read this. Sorry. What was it? 39? 32. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he aged 50 years, uh, <laughs> the lady aged 10. So this kind of gives you an idea what kind of movie we're talking about. Also, Neil Breen, he's just the best. It's a piece of shit. No, he's the best. He's a piece of shit. He's the best hacker. Oh, okay, yeah. That's what I mean, in, okay. in this movie. You yeah. mean his character? His, his character. character's name? Uh, I genuinely don't know. Dylan. Oh my Dylan, god! It is Dylan. I couldn't. Yes. I can't believe I remember this. I tell you how you remember it. Yeah. His name's Dylan because when he gets hit by the car, his wife's on the phone, and she's like, "Dylan, Dylan, 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 Dylan. 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 Are you there, Dylan? Dylan, 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 Dylan. Dylan. Few more takes. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Just keep going. Just it genuinely goes on yeah. for like two or three minutes. Well. The actress thought that those are just variations that he might keep, but no, he kept it all of it <laughs> in editing. 
Also, by the way, for the flashback scene, it was not clear that they were friends. I thought they were brother and sister, and I got very confused when one of them was moving away because the kid's parents aren't there, mm-hmm. and it genuinely looked like they were just abandoning their child. <laughs> We've got our favourite, and we're off. <laughs> My favourite bit in that scene is that we see them packing, and then, where's Dylan? She looks in the distance, and where's Dylan? And she doesn't like turn away or anything. She's just out of the frame, he and he just in. walks in. <laughs> wow, your eyesight is really bad. <laughs> it's really bad. Maybe they live in Silent Hill. It's just like fog everywhere. I don't know. By the way, if you're enjoying this episode, please hit the like button. Don't forget to subscribe, and we also have a Patreon. Where for one pound or one dollar a month. You can listen to bonus episodes that we do and also recommend us movies and join a great community of people. Patreon.com slash I Hate Your Movie. It's also in the description box. Check it out. Thank you very much. What happens? I just said what happens. Yeah, well, yeah. In great detail. That's true. I said what happens in the amount of detail that the film gives it. Yeah, an admission for mm-hmm. you because I haven't seen this movie fully before. Okay. And you called me out on that. That is fine. Yeah. Because... That works in my favor. How so? You find out. Okay. Well, I have seen everything we've discussed so far. Yep. And if it wasn't a funny bad movie, I wouldn't do that. I've seen most of this film through clips and shit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just they know what the order is and stuff. You shouldn't watch funny bad films on your own because they'd be miserable. You should watch it with friends and make fun of it. And, you know, you're my friend. Well,. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what your next recommendation is. <laughs> so, like, you know, I'm keeping a few bad movies just for you. <laughs> I've seen some of his movies all the way through. Double Down. Isn't this a remake of Double Down? Every new Neil Breen movie is a remake of an older Neil Breen movie because he's always the world's best hacker. He always has 15 different laptops. <laughs> <laughs> he's always the best. His women always, like, moan at the side of him but never fuck him because he can't afford that yeah he can't afford to pay the actresses well enough yeah oh my god stoop that low so many uncomfortable makeout scenes can just see the actress just kind of trying but uh, repulsed by him (laughs) (laughs) speaking of acting we had a disagreement as well okay because I thought that Neil Breen stands out as the worst actor in this and you said that everyone is pretty much the same yeah I feel like they tried a little bit and he doesn't he comes from the DiCaprio school of acting, which he thinks that shouting is intensity. And he doesn't put any other effort in it. The only effort he puts in it is shouting. I can't wait any longer. Okay. He always looks miserable. He always looks like he's not really there. Who, DiCaprio or Neil Brain? <laughs> <laughs> Both. <laughs> They're pretty much the same in terms of the romantic age difference as well. What else is similar? <laughs> what else is similar between DiCaprio and Neil Breen? DiCaprio always gets snubbed at the Oscars like Neil Breen does. Yeah, I feel like he's significantly worse than anyone else. Even though all of them really bad, I feel like they put some effort in it. Let's talk about the real star of this movie. Sony dead laptops. <laughs> First of all, I want to talk about the scene where he discharges himself from hospital and he gets in the shower. Oh, yeah. And it's like, oh, is your head still bleeding? (laughs) And it's just pouring blood. Oh, my God. You need to go back a little bit for that one because that is like the chain of nonsense. (laughs) That that whole hospital thing. Because 
he has like a head trauma and he has like a giant cast on his face, including his nose and mouth. Yep. But they put oxygen on him. <laughs> <laughs> Over the mask. Over the mask. That's one. Second one, he goes into the shower with full mask on. Yep. Drenched. And then blood is pouring down. <laughs> and then his wife joins him and he, they just... They have a little dance. They, they have, have a little a dance. Slow dance in the shower while his head's pouring with blood. Great. I like that they, even in the hospital, not just the oxygen, they have that little nose thing as well. Yep. You know, attached to nothing. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, he gets these headaches. And how would you describe this clumsy universe? Everyone's a bit too clumsy. <laughs> Every... <laughs> this is an alternate universe where everyone's this like... This is a film made for cats. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> That's good, yeah, yeah. Things are constantly being pushed off of tables. <laughs> yeah. And... <laughs> if you hate laptops, books, just things on tables, you know, this is the movie for you. <laughs> I was thinking, like, why is he doing that? It's really hard to get into his mind. But that's the fascinating thing about this movie. It's like, what is he thinking? He gets a headache and he throws his laptops around. There's all these very over and somehow undirected scenes of him destroying property keeps like collapsing and yeah. pushing things off of the Yeah, very head. dramatically. And then he throws books. I think he was thinking that it adds production value to his film. That he has all these laptops that keeps destroying them. Okay. That's the best explanation because otherwise it's stupid. Like he's a novelist. He has three to four laptops depending on when. At any given time. At any given time. Anywhere with him. He should have wear like a little circular table <laughs> <laughs> and then it just like swings it around. And it, like all of them are clearly dead, including the one he works on. <laughs> it's like he's it, typing away and it's black. The no more books, he gets a call from his publisher. He's harassing him to write another book because he's such an amazing novelist. Don't call here anymore. No more damn books. No more books. <laughs> He seems to have only written one book. Yeah, he did, yeah. But he's such an amazing novelist, he has to... You'd think if you were writing yourself as an amazing novelist, you'd have had, like, seven or eight good books. No, because he was too busy to hack into the government. <laughs> it, he declines this offer multiple times. There's multiple scenes where he gets, like... Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, please, write another book. But he has a publisher... And a deadline yeah. the publisher's giving him. Yeah. Even though he's got a publisher and a deadline, he hasn't got a contract with them, <laughs> yeah. apparently. Yeah. So he decides, I just don't understand like the method of thought for this thing. Because if he's this super hacker, why has he signed up to a book deal and then not done the book deal and decided to just string them along for a while? It's just a dick. <laughs> yeah, because his Neil Brain is the best. He can do anything. But he, he had an accident, so he can only hack the government. Uh, he, okay. he can't write another novel. You know, he's ill. How many takes do you think No More Books took? I read that too. Yeah. Sorry, I read the same IMDb trivia today. <laughs> I, I don't remember if it was 30 something. 29. 29. In one take, Neil Breen accidentally cracked a laptop screen while throwing a book. And how he didn't break more laptops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it takes a special amount of skill not to break that many laptops. I'm I'm dying in curiosity to see what 
he thought was wrong in those other scenes <laughs> <laughs> that he improved upon on yeah. the 29th take. Yeah. Like what? I had so much more emotion in this one. <laughs> no more books. No more books. I did miss a subplot, actually. Ooh. Ah, uh, I'm in my overview. I missed a subplot where his wife has a pill addiction. Oh, yeah. I think through him, which was interesting. Kind of, but was it? It, yeah. Well, it was a venue that could have been interesting. Barely explored to the point of I'm not even sure it happened, <laughs> because he goes to this psychotherapist, and I think what he tried to do is that he was saying that he only goes to the psychotherapist for the pills for the wife. Okay. I think that was the idea. He decided he didn't want to take him anymore. So he flushed down the toilet, and the wife tries to claw it out of the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> the wonderful scene. I'm sure that will go to this actress's uh, portfolio. <laughs> Fishing things out of a toilet <laughs> yeah. for Neil Breen. Yeah. And this is how quality this movie is. We weren't sure if she's going to eat it or not. <laughs> it kept saying psychotherapist on the door. Yeah. Someone said it once and I've since read it as Psycho the Rapist. Psycho the Rapist. <laughs> uh, it looked, he looked like kind of like a rapist, <laughs> to be fair. So let's, let's set this psychotherapist scene up, which is... All the scenes are the same. That he quits on his psychotherapist. Yeah. Three of these scenes where it's the same thing. I don't thing. need you. I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah. The pills make me dizzy. I can work on myself. I know I have problems. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, the character is written perfectly. He can cannot do wrong. And he goes into this conference room. <laughs> yeah. Giant conference Office room. conference room. Which, again... If this was on purpose, almost like a stroke of genius, I can imagine this scene done a bit better and the setting would be funny because it's a giant conference room with like a very long table and they both uh, sit at the end of each one. And like I can imagine that in like a Wes Anderson film, kind of trying to show how like my counselor is not in touch with me. It's like, oh, so far away and it's so cold. But I think it's just that's the room he could get. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like this incredibly old dude who looks like not even an actor. It's like someone's grandpa. I think they are. Both psychotherapists. Mm -hmm. The boardroom guy and the witch in the closet. The witch in the closet, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Had the same surname in the credits. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, they're like husband and wife. Yeah, I think so. Oh, my God. Yeah, so the other psychotherapist, who's like more esoteric, I guess. The more holistic, I would say. But yeah, she was like spooky witch. And <laughs> it, this movie kind of represents what men get in the same job as women get. Because <laughs> <laughs> she, he gets a giant consultation room with like 15 seats and a giant table. She gets the janitor's closet. She's in the corner of a room. Somewhere. Yeah, with fold out chairs. <laughs> and both of them looked like too old to be doing anything. Especially her. She was like... I would put her in, like, hospice care. Fuck me. <laughs> she was so old. She had, like, bloodshot eyes. She could barely speak. Do you reckon they're Neil Breen's parents? Yeah, it might be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know he does get, like, not famous, obviously, and not greatly talented enough. But, like, he gets, like, working actors. I know that. Like, you know, people who are in commercials and stuff. Okay. He's, he's, he's a giant asshole. But there's one thing we know about him is that he pays people well. And yeah. he's like, tries to keep like a professional production with like catering and shit. So, you know, there's that. 
Okay. Yeah, he's a, he used to be an architect. And he's loads of money. Not enough to make a good movie. <laughs> be good if he wasn't involved. Yeah, yeah. If he, like, wrote this shitty script and handed it to the real writer and then the real <laughs> filmmaker, they could make something out of it. What I will give this this film some credit for yeah that it kind of shows this portrayal of couples she's got a pill addiction but he's trying to work through it and same with the other shitty couple you know Mm -hmm. he's a dickhead she's you know not particularly into anything Mm -hmm. but they have good days and bad days you know do they do they have good days yeah they have days like where like sitting on the couch together talking about like normal things or they'll when or they're talking or they go that was it they go to like a barbecue so they're having these problems but even the barbecue is at the end is like a drama thing a little bit but before that when they have like the dinner party you know like she's got a pill addiction he's got headaches and he's not facing the problems the dickhead's drinking too much and the wife is ignoring the kid but they all kind of like sit around and they have a nice meal together. And, <laughs> you know, like I say, it shows that they kind of, it's not all yeah. kind of negative all the time, even if they are having problems. I f- did feel like that was the only time, and I think that was supposed to be an outtake in a real movie. <laughs> because I think that was the only time Neil Breen was smiling when they were like handing out food and they were like chit-chatting. It's like, let's film us chit-chat. And he kind of maybe forgot about the cameras for a minute. And it was like genuine smiling, you know because he made the food yeah he ordered the kfc no it was nonsensical the the all the relationship and stuff it was almost like relationship drama generator (laughs) and it doesn't have to connect and it doesn't have to make sense but (laughs) it is there that's what took me on to the relationship thing because there is a scene where they're having problems but they go to have like sex in his office because they start working things out yeah and they just like throw a book on the floor yeah. Then throw a laptop on the floor, then throw another laptop on the floor, <laughs> then throw a book on the floor, <laughs> then throw another book on the floor, then throw another laptop on the floor. It's all production value. <laughs> you can imagine what he was thinking this scene would be like. Yeah. Oh, they have a hot, passionate sex moment, and it's just awkward as fuck. <laughs> and there's no chemistry or nothing or acting or anything they tear into each other's clothes yeah. and it doesn't quite work yeah again in the script it was like she tears his shirt off completely and yeah. throws it on the ground in reality like she's like really clearly struggling to tear his shirt just a little bit it's like okay that'll do <laughs> moving yeah. on what did you think about the teenage daughter lusting after Neil Breen oh, it's disgusting you know what I've seen worse movies where that would turn into no she really is in love with me so i kind of want to give credit a little bit it was gross i think if you write that into your own film about you that you can't really take credit for that but at least he wrote himself in a way where i was like no let's not do this let's let's be adults here you know so he turns away the girl you know because he's a he's a stand-up guy (laughs) i don't yeah but again i don't think you can write teenager skinny dipping in the pool yeah and then because even though the character turns out to be a good guy the fact that he's written that scene in proves yeah. that he's not i'm talking about the smallest of credit <laughs> here I'm, I'm searching for positives <laughs> you know right some sort of self-awareness about himself like a one percent 
so he has a magical cube. He does have a magical cube. <laughs> and it's a magical day, obviously. It's really, really bought up <laughs> and really relevant to the story. Yeah. So let, let's go back a little bit just to explain. So when they were kids, they found a mushroom. Yep. Which they would look at for like a minute straight. Yep. And the mushroom would disappear. For as long as it takes for the VFX to <laughs> yeah. turn for a mushroom into a pot. As long as the kids could like keep up the same posture. Yeah. So they, they can cut to a, a version of the scene where the mushroom isn't there. Slowly fading away. And uh, there's a box where the mushroom was. And in the box there's a black cube. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, let's take this. And she she's against taking the cube away. So she puts some of her beads into the box. Well, no, that's not clear either because they're just rocks on the ground. It looks Are like they? just rocks. On... Yeah, because she picks them up and she's like, I'm going to make a braces out of these. Oh. And then she grabs another load from the ground and puts them in the box. Mm-hmm. And then she makes the bracelet. Was that, was that just a, like an accidental different magical item next to the <laughs> magical item? Fuck those. She writes down, it's a magical day because they found the magic cube. Mm-hmm. The cube, by the way, gives him visions Right, so that's why another subplot I missed. That that's why I want to ask you. So because the movie starts with this cube, obviously it has like a giant significance in the story, right? It's like the blue cube in Mulholland Drive and the blue key. It's like obviously just as important, right? I guess that was the intention. (laughs) It gives him uh, Kitty Pride powers. He can walk through walls, but he knows that even though he hasn't tried them before. No, he has tried it before. I think the the idea is because you. Throughout the entire film, you keep seeing these feet. <laughs> yeah. I think at the beginning, so he gets the accident, and then the crowd is very badly edited. It's, like, hard to describe how bad it is. <laughs> but basically, there's this crowd that gathers, and you only mostly see the feet. Yeah. I think that was meant to communicate, like, oh, everyone looks and no one helps. Mm-hmm. Poor Neil Breen. I figured it might be some kind of like, if we show people's faces, we have to pay them more. <laughs> that might be too, as well. <laughs> Just like members of the crew. Come stand over here. Stand there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The camera isn't rolling. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Throughout the film, you see these like suited legs and shoes. Oh, yeah. Around, and they keep appearing. The spooky ghost. The yeah. spooky cube ghost. The, maybe the spooky ghost was him all along. That's what I was thinking. I thought that, that at some point they would pen up and it would be him mm-hmm. but no but I think, think that's him sneaking off in the night to uh hack into government officers so what uh, visually what happens in this movie and it's very frustrating to explain because it is frustrating to watch because you don't know what's going on but while neil breen sleeps there's a spooky ghost that comes in like a little fart uh effect. yes i forgot about the <laughs> the the fog the fart, fart effect. Fart effect. The same fart effect, no matter where they are, what they're doing, it's the same plug-in effect. And there's a music piece that doesn't fade out, it just stops. That's my favorite. That's it. That comes with the fart in the wind. And then there's a, we see legs of a suited guy just walking around. But I think the implication was that the suited guy wants the cube back. Right. He's the spooky ghost with the spooky cube. Uh, that's his cube or something. I think it was some sort of twist where he turns out to be a good ghost. Right. I think that was it because at the end nothing happens. So, you know, I don't know. He's <laughs> trying to make sense out of absolute nonsense. <laughs> yeah. This is what I think you see when you see a David Lynch film. Yes. <laughs> but at least those are well made, you know. 
Sure. Like, I mean, you know, like technically, there's the car chase. More, more better than this, like, come on. Okay. There's that car chase in the beginning of Mohan Drive that you liked. They, Neil Breen would never film that. Production. Oh, the, yeah, oh, the, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I mean. It's yeah, like, okay. uh, you know. It was a real crash. Yeah. They actually crashed two cars together. Yeah. That was quite good. It's not just two JPEGs. <laughs> Someone's inside a gif of two cars crashing. Yeah. I would like to talk about Neil Breen's treatment of his wife. Okay. And her eventual death by suicide. Yeah. This this movie is more feminist than poor things. What? <laughs> In terms of it displays how disposable women are in relationship fucking hell <laughs> dude's got no feelings yeah. i know so oh my god so his wife's got a pill addiction and he doesn't really do much about it he's more like oh it hurts me to see you like this he shouts at her that's the funny thing is like it doesn't come from compassion it's more like i hate seeing you like this i hate seeing you like this change now change now he's really aggressive about it in the meantime, he starts to kind of fall back in love with the childhood love Dr. Lady. And he must have sat there with the script and gone, Oh, God, I want this romance between me and the Dr. Lady, but the character's got a wife. Oh, what can I do about that? Oh, she'll just kill herself uh, and then we'll carry on. Yeah. <laughs> she'll just turn off the bed and we never have to see her again. Yeah. Spill a drink in the meantime. <laughs> spill a drink. Everyone spills everything in this movie. That's the main fun in this movie is just watching people trying very hard to act like they don't want to spill something <laughs> it was tense when he passed out in the, on the on top of the laptop with the coffee that's the best one that's the best one it's so long and then you're like oh my god it's gonna spill this coffee it's gonna spill this coffee and it doesn't and then it stops for a bit and it spills it <laughs> it has some perfect comedy timing you know <laughs> Accidental. Accidental, obviously. <laughs> he spills his spinach dinner as well. Oh, yeah. He's... <laughs> That's a funny scene in itself where it's like he sits at his famous desk with the 15 laptops and the 500 books. It looks the same. His new wife. His new wife. And he's, she's just sitting there while he's working and laughing <laughs> at her, laughing together. Like The scene cuts in and they're like, ha, 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 ha. They're like that. And he's just spinach from a plate. <laughs> just spinach. And, like, what is this scene? Like, what is she doing there? <laughs> like, in real life. She's just w watching him work? It's nonsense. And then, yeah, the second most tense moment in this film is when Neil Breen just puts a plate of spinach on some paper <laughs> in a folder. It's the folders, and they're in, like, a, a thing that stands them yeah. up, and he puts, a, like, a heavy plate on top of it. <laughs> and surprise, surprise, it falls off. I've got a quote from you that I wrote down. Oh. Yeah. Wonderful. It's when it's another magical day. Yeah. And the Neil Breen and his new wife go into the back into the woods together. Yeah. And they get topless for some reason. Do you remember what you said? No. My quote from you is I don't like his nipple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just like yeah, he's uh he's got a nice ass. It's surprisingly so. Surprisingly so. I wondered if it was like a double <laughs> no, because he's... It looked youthful. It looks better than his face. And his <laughs> nipple. <laughs> Maybe it just, just works out the bottom of his body somehow. I don't think it was double because, first of all, that's money. Second of all, you can see his very unfortunate balding. 
and that's hard to replicate, especially on his budget. He's got very weird hair. Okay. Where he's like, I'm putting men on his ass. <laughs> it's like that. It's that thing that happens as you get older. You get a bald ass. No, it's opposite. You get a hairy ass. Yeah. yeah. Tell me about it. <laughs> because like, yeah, he has a very. Let's just Google him. He's he's. It looks very really weird. He almost looks like the doctor from Poor Things. I was thinking. The not just the face. I'm, Qu- I'm, Quasimodo I'm, from Hunchback uh, of Notre Dame. I'm talking about his hair because that in itself is like a something. The adaptation. Okay, yeah. It's like there's a very thin line of hair, but under is balding. It's really weird. It's weird to look at. So yeah. So I just don't like his nipple. I don't like his <laughs> nipple hanging out. It's right in focus. It's right in my face. Center screen. Yeah, they were like making out. It's just uncomfortable. Yeah. It's it's uncomfortable to think like oh someone's getting paid for this and it's like weird and stuff. But yeah, and so I want to look away from that. And the only thing I can look away to is his nipple. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, I don't want to look at his nipple. The friend who has the four failing marriage. Okay. That lady you the see her. Lady. You see her, obviously fake breasts. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I remember. No, not fully in nude. It's fine. You don't see skin. You see mostly plastic. You don't see any of it. <laughs> when? I can't remember the I don't think you do. The only thing you do see is she wears very tight tops and it's clearly a very yeah. cold room. <laughs> he has not paid for air conditioning. Well, it's weird because I hear it all the fucking time. Feels <laughs> <laughs> hell. We could do a whole podcast and the sound of this film. And sometimes they talk and they're like completely indistinguishable of what the fuck they're saying. Because all you hear in the background is... Brrr. But yeah, even I mean, there wasn't much nudity, but even what there was was pretty tasteless. Yeah, mostly because Neil Breen, and he looks ugly. I can body shame him. He's a 65-year-old man. He can take it. <laughs> but he said his ass is nice. Yeah, there but you go. Put that on your face instead. <laughs> Let's talk about the end of this film. Oh, the, the sharp turn this movie takes... Is like one of my favorite things ever in any movie whatsoever. <laughs> because he, he drops like clues like, oh, okay, he's he's hacking the government or whatever. Yeah. But I don't think you see this coming. So the guy gets killed and the wife frames it as a suicide. Even though the teenage daughter is there, that was also weird. The wife says, oh, it was an accident or whatever. And then he tells the daughter to go phone the police without telling her, oh, please do not mention that I've shot... <laughs> I shot the bullet. You know what I mean? I think it's implied. It, uh, I would make sure that <laughs> that she says it's a suicide that happened, you know? So obviously not a suicide. Like, <laughs> but she put the gun in his hand. Come on. <laughs> and put the bullet there as well. No need for fingerprints. No, no need for fingerprints, ballistics. Yeah, asking uh, anyone any questions. Powder residue. The questions of how you can shoot yourself square yeah. in the forehead from the front. <laughs> and then, yeah, Neil Breen comes in and he's like, Jim, Jim. Oh, I'm, wait, I'm putting too much emotion into this. Jim, Jim. Oh, my God, Jim. How could you commit suicide? How could you have done this? How could you have committed suicide? I can't believe you committed suicide. I cannot believe you committed suicide. How could you have done this? How could you have committed suicide? How could you have committed suicide? And he says it a few more times. Yeah. And yeah, I, I do think this and the famous troll to know is like one of the most famous 
bad acting moments of all time. Let's get back to the end of the yeah. Film. Let's get back to the glorious press conference to the world. Before that, oh my god, the doctor lady gets kidnapped. Oh yeah, oh by a teenager. Yeah, by some teenager kid. And then he gives this weird like monologue down the phone. It, I guess in his head it was like a taken type. I don't know who you are, but I'll find you and I'm gonna kill you. But he he's leaving a voicemail <laughs> to his wife, <laughs> and then he finds them on a movie set. I guess it's it is clearly like a trailer. I don't a... think it was a movie set. I think it was like an empty parking lot, and they hired a. A trailer. Uh, a trailer. Yeah. I thought it was you saw um, the big studio hangar buildings in the background. I refuse to believe that this movie is made anywhere near where they make movies. <laughs> <laughs> they made this on an alien planet. Uh, and yeah, and this is where you find out he has magical powers. Yeah. Because he stands, he knocks everyone out, he stands by the door, and then he fades away, and he fades into the cabin. Yeah. And he goes to <laughs> he goes to his wife. <laughs> New wife, yeah. and he takes off the blindfold and the gag, yeah. and he's like, oh, I'm here to save you, but we're going to get out of this room, but I'm not going to show you how, so I've got to put the blindfold on. And you're like, okay, maybe it's like a mystery men situation where if people are looking at him, he can't become invisible, whatever. <laughs> And then he's like, okay, I'm going to put the gag back on you as well. <laughs> Why? <laughs> and then they escape because they fade through the door. What a glorious movie. My note at this point was, I'm getting angry now. Really? Yeah. At this movie? Yep. Or me? Just both. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me about some, the press conference. So, as you do, you hack the government. Yep. Whatever government. And big corporations. And big corporations. Don't forget those. <laughs> Once you've done this, you obviously you call a world's press conference where all the world leaders slash company CEOs are standing by <laughs> to watch your speech. And he says that he uncovered government secrets. Yeah. And they just believe him. <laughs> so that's the scary part in this movie, right? Because it's all very vague. Mm -hmm. He could come this from any angle. Right, left, center, whatever. He uncovered the corruption, whatever corruption that is. While he's giving this speech, there's a JPEG uh, crosshairs on him. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Someone's trying to shoot him, and something happens, and the shooter gets shot. Yeah, and it never shows how. It never shows how. I think what happened is that his magical powers made this bullet boomerang, <laughs> or reflect, and that's how he gets shot. But it could be anything, really. It's up for your interpretation. The darkest thing about this is that the people running these governments and corporations, but <laughs> like, this film has made me stupid. He should have wrote that line, corporations. <laughs> Feels like he's tired. <laughs> governments and corporations. They all kill themselves. None yeah. of them go to jail. Yeah. Here's a quiz for you. Yeah. See if you can cover all the people that die. Yeah. Now, bear in mind, there's five people standing at the press conference. Yeah. Six people die. Never explains why. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, I will. I just have to say that there's this world conference and he says, I uncovered the corruption and the, and the bad things and we must fight. And he never says what was the corruption or... Yeah. It all sounds very vague. It's kind of like grandstanding. Yeah. And we were sitting there saying like, okay, we know this already. 
Like, yeah. he uncovered that the corporations are bad. Ooh. Yeah, the corporations are corrupt. Yeah, Duh. we know that. Politicians are corrupt, we do that. Yeah, that was it. He says something like, they put profit before people's lives. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do you live in this world? <laughs> no, because he's an alien. So, <laughs> so obviously, hearing these bad news, yeah. these very specific criminal activities, yeah. all the world leaders kill themselves. So, I think the first one is guy with a mustache. If I go out of the order, I might do. Okay. But I remember the first guy is the first guy with the mustache who goes like, I am the CEO of bank. <laughs> <laughs> I resigned today as president of the bank. What bank? Yeah, just the bank. I acknowledge I've done bad things. And he just slowly puts in frame. He's about yeah. to shoot himself. Yes. So that's one. That's one. Uh, it's going to be out of order from now on. Okay. There's the kind of Indian looking lady. Okay. She kills herself with the, you know, like put, closing the garage yep. on the in the car, running the car. There's one guy who hangs himself. Yeah. There's one guy who takes the pills. Yeah. And I even tell you the sixth random guy who wasn't there. You, you're at four so far. Oh, shit. Okay. But I'll tell you that the guy who wasn't there in the crowd to begin with is the guy who slit his arms yes. in the bathtub. Yeah. yeah. You see, I'm an expert. Ooh, there's one more. I'll give you a clue. Yeah. We made a joke about the prop. Was there another gun one? Yeah, it was yeah. another gun one with the same gun. Because I'm like, wait, Neil Breen doesn't have the creativity to come up with another way to suicide yourself. <laughs> so like, it must be another gun one. Yeah, the gun looks exactly the same. Uh, even like the wife yeah. that, that kills the husband is the same gun. Wonderful scene. Wonderful Oscar scene. It's not scary at all, you know. I would elect Neil Breen based on this oh god governments are bad corporations are bad corruption corruption is bad what does he actually believe it could be anything the thing should be not corrupt <laughs> yeah whatever that means and he doesn't like the bank or the insurance company yeah especially his his ex-wife and his dead friend's widow both work for the bank <laughs> yeah. as well i genuinely think there's a mistake in the script do you think i i'm so sure because there's yeah he just oh quickly oh uh she works at some bank and then like five scenes later oh she works somewhere bank <laughs> i genuinely think that was a mistake there's a mistake in this film oh my god <laughs> yeah every now and again you try and give him credit and then you realize no no you know you're trying to give him credit of like oh these people work for the bank but it's not their fault because the, the, the bank's corrupt. Yeah. So they shouldn't have to suffer. But it's none of that. It's like you say, he's just gone. They work for, I don't know, bank. Yeah. Yeah. It's placeholder dialogue actually filmed. <laughs> I mean, I love, I love, I love this sending. It's so hilarious. It's so funny. It's so nonsensical and vague. <laughs> and yeah, it's stupid. It's very funny. Cool. <laughs> you didn't enjoy it as much. Oh, it was funny to watch, but like, looking back on it, it's just shit. Oh. It was funny to sit there. It was a good laugh to, yeah. to go through it. We had a good time. Yeah. 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 That's how you should watch this movie. It's like with a friend. Cracking jokes. <laughs> oh, we missed out the visions. Yeah, the, the bin bag visions. <laughs> I think the idea is supposed to be inside the cube. Oh, yeah. Like, like a void. Yeah. Yeah. He's in a void and he's naked and there's visions. And it's, yeah, nonsensical. Trying to be surrealist, but I don't know. Surrealism, even though you and I don't agree with that, like, 
where, where David Lynch makes surrealism that's like based on something. He has ideas that he wants to put on screen. I think Neil Breen just literally goes, okay, what's the weird thing I can do? Okay. And he also, I think he thinks like, this will bridge some sort of plot hole in okay. people's, people's minds, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Uh, instead of like exploring some sort of idea visually. So he makes this bin bag room. <laughs> he hangs up all the bin bags in his garage and he's, he's posing naked. So, are we done? Yeah, I think so. Uh, what would you rate it? <laughs> Three. Wow. Higher than Samurai Comp. Did I say two for Samurai Comp? Yeah, you said two for Samurai Comp. Oh. Oh, you need to rethink your life. I do. <laughs> I'm going to have to move Samurai Cop to three and put this into two. Wow. You know what? I, I don't blame you because I keep changing your life. with re- finding new lows. <laughs> yeah. I, I fi- didn't know existed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the idea of the podcast. <laughs> I'll rate seven. Fucking hell. <laughs> Are we going by just enjoyment only? I guess so, yeah. Then it's a seven. If it's technical and not ironic enjoyment, two. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, what are we watching next? Cool. Right. So. You seem to be excited about this. I am excited about this because. Oh my god, I forgot the name of the podcast. <laughs> because I Hate Your Movie is doing a sequel, y'all. <laughs> You, for, you forgot our podcast name. <laughs> how dare you? In my head, I was like, How I Met Your Mother is doing. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the name of our podcast. <laughs> okay, wait. Let me think. What did we watch? Oh no, is it Extraction 2? Yeah, it is! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. And my admission is the same as yours. I have not seen this film. <laughs> okay, fine. I mean, that was never a rule or anything. Okay. So, you know, whatever. Jake the Rake is back. <laughs> What's his name? Jake Rake? Yeah. No, his name is Rake. Rake. What's his first name? Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> I hope it's better. <laughs> I tried to enjoy it. Last one was on so fun. I got high hopes. Yeah? No. For me or the podcast or the movie? <laughs> None of that. Uh, I don't know anyone that's seen this film. <laughs> Including the director and the <laughs> Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. I don't owe you any book. No book. That first book made a fortune for you.